Megan, what were some of your favorite plot points? Ooh, there were a lot of really good ones in this movie. So I loved basically any moment or point in time when America Chavez was on the screen, I thought was fantastic. The whole idea of having power that you can't control or different ways of controlling your power. I think each of the main characters in the movie really delved into that in different ways. How power should be distributed and who should have it, I think was just so interesting throughout the film. And that, that was, I think, my favorite part of it was that theme kept recurring from scene to scene. What were some of your favorite favorite themes or plot points? So the entire idea of a multiverse, of uh, multidimensional universes, alternative universes, traveling between universes, I've always loved. So that in and of itself was so cool to me. One of my favorite Star Trek, The Next Generations, was when 258 Enterprises showed up <laughs> at, one, at one broken point in space. That was That for me was cool. I found Chavez... That's an interesting thought. I hadn't really thought about having unrequited power that you can't control. I had looked at her as more the woman everyone was after. And she, although she articulated a reason, it was almost out of her control. And that is actually a bit of a theme in film. Noir. And so I went down that road of her as a character. On the other hand, as a dynamic character, I'm not sure you could have a much better one than her. She so was cool. so cool. She was obviously a strong woman, but very vulnerable at the same time. Mm -hmm. And her tete-a-tete-pateur with Dr. Strange was just great in and of itself. Yeah, on that, I love the way that they just demonstrated power in so many different ways, really interesting. So there's America who has this incredible power that she doesn't know how to control. She can, she doesn't know how. Then you've got Wanda, who has this massive power that she's controlling to selfish ends. You've got Strange, who thinks he should have the power because he's going to be the one to use it the most responsibly. And then you've got kind of in the background Wong, who's just, guys, I should be in charge of everything. And that is true, but no one's ever going to let it happen. And by the end, their arcs have all come full circle. So America learns how to control her power. Wanda realized she's got to change the way she's using her power. And Strange understands other people can have power too, and that's okay. I thought it was just really elegant the way it was done. So with Wanda, I was torn between is was her ending role as the Scarlet Witch or her becoming the Scarlet Witch. Was it fate? Was it inevitability? Or was it a choice? And I really struggled with all three because if it was her choice, she really moves from likable, lovable to something very different. If it's fate, I feel sorry for her. I wish I was struggling with, should we actually have watched this before WandaVision? Because her obsession of Billy and Tommy, it's not that it is unhealthy, it seems to me. It's just not realistic because they weren't real. And she had a love affair that we both saw. And we both, I want to say experienced with Vision. Mm -hmm. Obviously with Pietro, she was very close to Pietro. And we saw that in the Age of Ultron. But I don't quite understand the obsession with Billy and Tommy. Now, maybe that's if your apartment is bombed and your parents <laughs> die 
and all you have is your brother and he dies in front of you, if your lover dies in front of you, who you had to kill, you had to kill. And then you found out that sacrifice was pointless. (laughs) Maybe you do go down that path, but I really, I was going to add that that. the other there's fate, there's choice, but there's also psychotic break caused by trauma could be at play. I think I'm such a Wanda apologist for everything. Basically I'm always on team Wanda, but like at the end of WandaVision, when she was, she did make the choice to go into the dark power book and she became the baddie. She became the villain. And just what an awesome villain. She's good, evil. I thought she was still, she stayed sympathetic for me. And can you imagine, try to, try, I'm just trying to picture you have all of this, these terrible things happen to you. You gain this untold power. You find a place in your own world, in your own universe, where there's a cathedral and a throne built in your honor, where the children you're trying to find are pictured in stone at your side. It, just, it, it really struck me how like the whole universe was being put before her. And she kept saying, all I want is these two boys, whether they were made by magic or not. She doesn't want to rule the whole world, even though maybe she should. Maybe she's supposed to rule the whole world. But yeah, ultimately, it was a selfish desire, not not one for good. And then the other thing that struck me was when she realized it was a throne. Mm, I thought I saw almost an evolutionary growth spurt. It was like, oh, this is my throne. My throne was one of my dogs would say my bone. And she just became, I don't want to say enraged, but it was almost engorged with power at that point. I saw her just physically fill up in a way I hadn't seen before. So that to me was a really powerful scene when she realized that it was her throne. Yeah. It, and the, yeah, the, for me, I had the similar feeling, but when the, those big stone monsters bowed to her, oh, it was so cool. So what did you think of the Illuminati? That was fun. I enjoyed that so thoroughly. What a fun way to just another universe, different Avengers. So, so similar. I love the choices that they made, who each Avenger was. I wasn't super familiar with all of them. I haven't seen Fantastic Four, full disclosure, but making Peggy Carter, Captain America. Let me see that movie, please. (laughs) I would like that whole movie. John Krasinski as the smartest man in the world, whose name I can't recall, was great, even though he's always going to be Jim from The Office. Mr. Fantastic. He was great. Bo as Captain Marvel. Great choice. Sir Patrick Stewart coming back as Francis Xavier. Yes, please. I loved it. What did you think? Because I know you're so versed and you know these characters a lot more than I do. What was your impression? First of all, I've been in love with Peggy Carter since the first Captain America. So anytime. No. (laughs) With Peggy Carter. I am all in. I just, I loved her evolution and we don't get me started. So I can't go down that path, but <laughs> it seemed to me to be the perfect period on an exclamation mark to see her as Captain America. And I can a- absolutely see that evolution in her, even through the television show and the movies and the non-canonical, all of that. It seemed to me to be the perfect excellent exclamation from, from the original mark Captain America. She could have been Captain America, I think. Yeah. 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 Full disclosure, Fantastic Four or my all-time favorites. Human Torch, Ben, <clears throat> Sue Storm, the Invisible Girl, and of course, Dr. Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. Love Reed Richards. Love seeing Professor X again, <laughs> Professor Charles Xavier. And it really, I think in that scene is when I really appreciated what Marvel or now Disney can do with a multiverse. They can give us characters that we know are familiar with, or maybe we don't know, but yet we have reference sources for them and they can put them together in a way that we've never thought of, 
but we're going to go pay to see them on the big screen <laughs> again. So I absolutely love that as well. And then is it Cordo? I think was also part of the Illuminati. Oh, Mondo? Mondo. 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 Yes. Or did I write his name? And he's great. His the his fight with Strange in this was really good. Yes. I liked the I didn't appreciate Carmitage being destroyed, but I enjoyed Can we talk seeing about the battle at Carmitage though, because all of those sources. Yeah. <laughs> You know how I feel about a form up for battle scene. And that was right. a really good one. And one here's a fun thing too. I love this about that scene when Wanda's kind of in the sky, really like showing the scale of the battle that's about to take place. And she goes back to some of her original powers from Age of Ultron, where she's whispering in the ear, making the making people afraid. Ooh, I got shivers. It was so good. Also in that scene, I really drove home the difference that they tried to articulate in the movie between a sorcerer and a witch. And she certainly moved from Wanda Maximoff to the Scarlet Witch. And that was one key scene, I thought, not perhaps in her evolution, but to communicate to us, the audience, the difference. And it also, that's would have been a fine line for me to understand. But this movie really helped me understand that they are two different types of power. They are two different mindsets, moods of, of conduct or behavior or ethics, if you want. But I really enjoyed exploring that. And of course, at the end, when they were building and Chavez is there. And I just thought that was perfect to have her there and have her with those powers as a sorcerer could really open up a, a storyline that I think would be really interesting. Yeah. Some of the Easter eggs are cookies. I got to start with the jacket of Chavez, the star of Captain America. And I just thought that was perfect. And I can't even articulate why I thought it was perfect, but it was. And then, of course, Peggy Carter comes in as Captain America. But that jacket was perfect. What about you? I loved my favorite part about it was about America as being a superhero, as being a younger girl who is really vulnerable. You don't often get to see a character like that whose power is like smash punch. It wasn't a delicate or elegant energy manipulating power. No, she punches things really hard and universes crack apart because of it. I just love that. I'm always going to shout out with great praise any queer representation. So yay to moms. <laughs> of course, the moms had to be destroyed. Kill your queers. That's a trope. But they were there. And that's great. Yeah, I love that. We've talked about the character arcs. Can we talk about the music fight with zombie third eye strange. Sure. Where that was cool. That was yes. really cool. Just the way you... they those musical notes came to life. And was it the battle of different composers. Did I hear that? I don't have enough musical background to have really identified. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think, I th that was just so fun. <laughs> what a great battle. So what did you think about the line dreams as windows into our multiverse selves? Thinking about my own dreams. <laughs> I can buy it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I, I could as well. Good. Yeah, the whole concept of dreamwalking was really cool. We haven't talked about that element, right? The idea of being able right. to take over your equivalent body in another universe. What a horrifying notion. That, that's. I've been there. Yeah. It's called alcohol. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there um, you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay, let's get to the third. Because yeah, I did a little I, yeah. background onto the third eye, and that's called the Eye of Agamotto. And it was originally worn as a clasp or a medal around the neck. Here we have it directly on Doctor Strange. And they just teased us about what it might mean. 
We don't know if it's going to give him power or additional. I think I it's was his punishment. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Or that. So let's just keep on that. Why did you think that? Because when he was using the souls of the damned to fly across the gorge to Wondergore, the souls right. told him there's an eternal price you'll need to pay. And that he never paid it within the main body of the film. So I assumed at the end when he got the eye, that was his eternal price. I was having to bear this. I'm, I don't know what it is or what it does other than freak out anyone who sees it. But I thought, okay, that must be second watching. I got, I thought that must be the price the souls of the damned said he would have to pay. What did you think about it? When I watched it the second time at the end, when he, it appears on his forehead, I thought he was controlling it. I thought he opened it intentionally, either being Dr. Strange, the a-hole or just Dr. Strange, ironic, but I sense that it's get, going to give him something, whether it's power, whether it's vision, whether it's insight, that he can access. And so even though it was an eternal punishment, it seemed to me it, if it was something he couldn't control, it would pop up in places that were less mm -hmm. ironic than when he turned to face the audience and say, yeah, I'm Dr. Strange and I now have a third eye. Aren't I the cool one? So. I think I can think of the a third eye to me implies that you're going to see more than other people. And I think a lot of the time that sucks. I don't think that's a that's not a universal good power or ability to be able to have. It's often better not to know. So one of the other cookies related back to WandaVision, the series. And in I think it was episode nine, she was reading Darkhold at one point. At the very I didn't end. know that. Yeah, I didn't realize that at the time. But I really appreciated the way they tied that back to the series because I don't think either of us saw her becoming the Scarlet Witch till near the end. And so it really presaged this movie. The other thing is there was a lot in the press around the multiverse and how the producers of the movie would use this to go in different directions. I, I hope that's true because I saw a lot of possibilities here. I don't, I really had to work to keep it all together <laughs> where they were and where they were going and the different uh, multi universes they jumped to. But I think we're going to get some really interesting stories going. Yeah, I think we are too. And as it's becoming more and more like in-universe common for people to come into okay, prime universe or for people from prime universe to go elsewhere, I think it's going to get really interesting. I know on one of our the episodes we've got coming up soon, the Spider-Mans, we're going to get to deal with that a little bit more. So far, I haven't disliked anything multiverse. It's all been really interesting and visually stunning. Uh, I love the design choices they're making about all of it. And I think it was Loki, the series, where they mm -hmm. presaged the multiverse a little bit. That's what got me really thinking about where they could go with all of this. If it's Doctor Strange, I'm in love with it. So I just say right up front, <laughs> I love Strange and I love this movie. And I love actually where I can see uh, it could go in different directions. So maybe any final thoughts from you, Megan? I guess my final thought is a question is I don't feel we got or I don't feel I got closure on is Wanda or the Scarlet Witch still alive? Or did she completely sacrifice herself to get rid of all of the dark holds and all of the universes? And are we ever going to see her again? I have to quote a famous line from the 90s in the X-Files, which was, nobody really ever dies on the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody really ever dies in the but Tom, MCU. I want to believe. Oh, I do too. I know you do. So she's, the bottom line, she is too great a character. To I kill certainly her. hope so. 
I said, yeah. oh, okay, I do have a fun fact. This is much less serious than the existential question of whether she's going to appear again. But at the very beginning, that giant eyeball monster, right? that was a scan of Elizabeth Olsen's own eyeball that they used. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. All right, Megan, thanks so much. And I hope our listeners will join us next time where we jump into some Spider-Man. See you then. Can't wait. <laughs>